0: And if I was going to title this something, um, the title I would put on it is And God Said with a blank after it, um, because I think there's places to fill that in, in a lot of different ways as we look at our lives and try to to comprehend what God is asking for us to do uh, as we go through life. Um, I'm going to use some various scriptures today. I don't have one particular scripture reference, and I'll try to point them out as we go along. But we're going to look at Abraham. Uh, And so we're going to primarily be in Genesis as we move through this. Um, But there's a a couple of of references that I would like to point out as we transition into this. And the first is in Isaiah 41.8, where Abraham is called by God as my friend. And then the second one um, is in Romans 4.18, when Paul writes about Abraham being the father of us all. And if we just take those two statements, my friend um, that God's saying that, and then Abraham's a the father of us all. Those are pretty impressive credentials, and I think we all um, we all recognize that. We recognize Abraham as being that father of faith. We're not told there, there's no insight from God anywhere in the Scripture of why Abraham was chosen, um, but that that call that God made to Abraham of pulling him out of the world and pulling him into being the father of the children of Israel is really kind of a decisive point in history of humanity and how our relationship is really defined with God. Um, and from all the peoples, God chose a particular man at a particular time, at a particular uh, place in history, and then bless the entire world through that. Um, and, and to a certain extent, you know, we look at the at Christ coming here to the earth, you know, there's his life, his ministry, that particular time, we don't always understand those things. But God, God had a reason for it. So when we think about Abraham and we study his life, there, there are a lot of lessons we can pull from this. And, and one of the ones that I want to look at here is, is God's um, distinctive commands to Abraham. And in Genesis 11, 31, we, we find this first one when God told, God said, go to Canaan. Um, and, in, and in Genesis 11, we see that we read that Terah took Abraham, as son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarah's daughter in law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Um, in Acts 7, though, Stephen gives us a little bit different account. Um, he says that it indicates that Abraham was called and he took Terah with him. But either way, whether it was Terah who began the journey, and or abraham who began the journey the, the key here is that they they started out going where god said but then they stopped they stopped short of that destination and there there doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency to fully submit to that call of god you know how many of us i'll put myself up as the kind of the first person here be a little transparent but how many of us have been called by god to fulfill a plan um, that he has for our lives, but due to to cares of this life, things that might be logical or seem to that we want to just to take care of the circumstances of life, we 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 become somewhat sidetracked, and so we find that after Terah dies, God again appears to Abraham and he calls him to finish the journey. journey. And in Genesis twelve one, we read this: it says, "Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred and thy father's house into the land I will shew thee.'" So Abraham. Again, he didn't learn his lesson the first time. He was only partially obedient the second time um, when he he completed the journey to Canaan. But the instruction with God was specific, get thee out of the country and out of the kindred and go to their father's house. So Abraham was to leave everything and go to Canaan. Well, this time he went on the journey. He went to Canaan, but he didn't leave everything. He took a lot with him. Um, And, you know, there would have been also servants and livestock and, and you know, God doesn't specifically say to to leave everything, but he did tell him to leave his kindred. And this this lack of obedience ended up costing Abraham pretty dearly, um, as his nephew caused some severe stress. They were fighting between their servants. Um, Lot ended up being captured uh, in the the raid by Cheddar Lammer, and Abraham had to go rescue them. Lot ends up living in Sodom, and we find Abraham beginning bargaining with God and trying to save Lot. So not fully following God led Abraham to to some heartache and some trials that that probably could have been avoided if he would have been obedient. Then God said, remain in the land. But when the famine came in Genesis 12, 10, Abraham left the land. He went to Egypt. So this is the same man who had just built an altar to God in defiance of the Canaanites. He was willing to stand up and say, I'm going to worship God. And then turns around and flees because of a famine and goes into Egypt to protect his family. Um, God had promised Abraham he was going to provide for him. And, you know, had he not got him to Canaan, now all of a sudden, he's worried about feeding everybody. So he flees. Again, if we use logic in this story, Abraham's decision makes sense. We can find lots of reasons to justify it. Um, There's no food. The people I have to care for, why not go to a place where there is food? Um, we, We could logically make that choice too. But the problem is he's out of God's will. And so the so, the plan slowly begins to unravel, and and we know the story. He gets to Egypt, and you know Sarah is taken by Pharaoh, and it creates this whole other set of challenges again because he didn't he didn't go and do exactly what God had asked. Now, God rescues him, he plagues Pharaoh's household, and eventually they safely return. Then God tells him, he says, "I will give you a son and, and twenty five years pass between the time the promise was given and the birth of isaac and Abraham and Sarah, again, not fully submitting to God's plan, but came up with their own view of how they're going to solve this. Again, it makes logic. Sarah's getting older. Maybe this isn't going to work out. So again, we can come up with logic behind this. You know, in each each of these situations, what we find is the choices seem logical. They seem reasonable. We've started on a journey. My father's too old, so let's rest for a moment to give him time to to, to, to recover, uh, we're going to Canaan. Lots, one of the lots, a good kid. I'm responsible for him, so I'm going to take him along to protect him. Um, there's a famine going on. I've got all these servants to feed, and you know we, we need to make sure God's promises come to fulfillment. So let's go where there's food. You know, Sarah and I are getting old. There's no way that we're capable of having kids. So um, Sarah thinks this plan's going to work. Let's do it. All of these, again, are logical. Um, but reasonable or not, this is what not this is not what God called him to do. God had given specific instructions, and because Abraham didn't fully follow them, the struggles um, that he had to face came upon him to, to bring him back into God's will. So let's contrast this to the to the times when he followed God. When they arrived in Canaan, Abraham set up a camp in, in the plain of Moriah. This is in Genesis 12 5 through 7. And God appeared to him there and promised to give him the land to Abraham and his descendants. And Abraham built the first recorded altar, and he worshiped God, again, in in an act of defiance against the Canaanites. And what happened because of that? He was obedient. He worshiped. He was where he was supposed to be. God blessed him. God protected him. When they returned from Egypt, and Abraham settled in Bethel and became very wealthy, um, but as the herds grew, there was this argument between the herdsmen of Lot and Abraham. Abraham remembered God's promise saying, I will give you the land. And so he, he he didn't take the logical approach. He decided to let God deal with this, and he gave the decision to Lot. And what happened? Abraham's herds didn't starve. His family didn't, didn't become, um, you know, just bystanders. God gave him the land. They continued to prosper there. Um, you know, it was costly, he had to, he had to let Lot make a choice, but, but God provided. And the last example is in Genesis 22, when he, he was told to take his son, Isaac, uh, to Mount Moriah. And what we know what happened there, God provided. He gave the ram, he gave the sacrifice, and Isaac was saved, and, and they were blessed of God. So let's make this personal here for you today, and I, I can't speak into your lives, I don't know what each of you are struggling with, I know what I'm struggling with. I kind of know where my fears are. But I'm going to ask the question is, are we living out God's will fully? No, no am I, I'm not worried about, I shouldn't be worried about what Mark's doing or what Rick's doing or what Stephen's doing. I need to make this in, internal. Am I doing what God's asking me to do? Right. One of the dangers that I think we as Christians face is we can give the appearance that we're serving God. So we can show up to a prayer meeting. We can sit in the pew of the church. Um, I can write the Kering Bridge site to make it look like everything's going perfect. Well, we can do these things that, that put makeup on or gloss over what we're doing when, when, when actually we're not actually doing what God's called us to do. And sometimes that can be really hard for us to sit down and back away from the logic and the mind that we've been given and, and look at what God's called us to do. And as we study Abraham's life, we, we see, and this should be a warning to us and an encouragement, we see just um, drastically different outcomes based on what Abraham did. Now, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying obedience gives us merit or gains us merit points with God, but the reality is, is it's a way to, to sort of understand what is our devotion. Are we fully fixed on God? Do we go to him and allow him to work or do we allow logic to come into play and we start deciding, well, you know, this makes sense. This looks a safe route. And so I would just encourage us here that that when we look at this example, Abraham was most richly blessed when he let God handle everything. And he just let God deal with the circumstances. Um, so whatever God's saying to you today, um, I, I guess my encouragement is just this. Let's submit to his will and let him just, just trust that he's going to provide. He's going to bring us to the place that we need to be. Um, so when you look at your life and you look at, you, you fill that blanket and God said, what to you? How are you living that out today?